My Gay Expose podcast, currently sitting at number 17 of the top 200 best LGBTQ plus podcasts of all time. That's right, bitches. You didn't hear wrong. That is actual fact. I think that one of the hardest things that I've ever had to try to explain to my son was when I brought him home for the holidays one year in San Francisco and we were walking up Castro Street towards my place and we looked over to the left and saw five guys, five old guys, wearing nothing but something covering over their dicks. That's right, folks. I know, you know what I'm talking about if you live in San Francisco. Those old guys that walk around wearing absolutely not one stitch of clothing except for whatever it is that's covering their dicks. And trying to explain that to a four-year-old definitely merited a very stiff drink shortly following. Chances are, is that if you know anything about me in this show at all in regards to who I am as Ronnie Washburn, then you know that I'm perfectly capable of, well, let's just say falling head over heels in love with big balls, big dicks, and boys in general. But also I'm perfectly capable of multitasking. And what I mean by that is I am so able to juggle two jobs to feed my young son while simultaneously juggling two boys at the same time while feeding myself with two dicks. Every single day, I pick up my son at daycare, but also I pick up that hot ass Latino guy that I've been eyeing across the room all night at the club. I'm totally able to, you know, swallow my pride and just buy some hot dogs because they're super cheap to feed my son because that's what I know. He will eat each and every night and there's nothing more important than making sure that your little boy eats before bed. But also, I'm perfectly capable of eating that enormous and huge hot dog from Javier down the street, who just hit me up on Grinder. But what's even more is I'm perfectly capable of bathing my little son in the bath every night to make sure he's clean before bed each and every night. And also going to the gay bathhouse where absolutely not one person in that building is thinking about any sort of anything in regards to being clean. I mean, I know you know what I'm talking about, right? So sit back, relax, put on that condom, or pop your prep pill, and let's find out how the actual fuck I'm able to juggle, well, being such a fucking whore and a slut, but also being an outstanding and award-winning dad to a little boy. You are now listening to My Gay Expose podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, and podcast host who's based out of San Francisco, California. Hey there, guys. Ronnie Washburn here, and welcome back to My Gay Expose podcast, 
And on this week's episode, I want you to take a second, and even though you just listened to that opening story for the way it was, take all the notions that you might be thinking about it being 100% inappropriate and realize who you're listening to. Because to be honest with you, I'm the epitome of being inappropriate. And just shut the fuck up. I'm merely trying to compare and contrast the difference between living your gay best life, but also doing the art of multitasking and being a dad and taking care of a little life in the way that you see fit. On this week's episode, we'll talk about how I basically raised this little boy from an infant and have basically watched him grow into the little post-puberty 14-year-old as he is now in this moment today. And all the rewarding and fulfilling things that go along with being a gay dad and having conversations with this newly little 14-year-old mind who is embracing me 100% with open arms is probably one of the most fucking rewarding things about being a dad that I could actually ever say. But we'll talk about my son and his transition into not being such a little boy anymore and all the things that go along with living your gay best life and being a gay dad. But first, before we change that diaper and then basically wash the actual fuck out of our hands to a place where our skin is rubbed raw because we're just a little bit more mortified with that scenario because we just so happen to be a little more fussy because we're gay. First, let's hop into this week's re-expose. Welcome to this week's re-expose, the segment in which I take the time to reassess, re-examine, re-explain, restart over or just re-say shit that I said in past episodes that either you didn't fully understand, I didn't fully understand, or once I re-listened through, I was like, oh God, what the fuck was I even saying there? That definitely merits a re-expose. And this week, I have to uh, publicly and officially apologize. Last week, in the Hot Gay Goss segment, I was talking about... um, I was, like, doing the RuPaul recap, basically, and I was kind of talking about how there's all this propaganda out there in regards to the show in social media world where people think that the show is actually rigged now. And it all started because of season 13 and everybody's thinking that now suddenly Rue has everything strategically planned out as he goes along before like the show even fucking airs. But I accidentally said the wrong person's name. I said Jasmine Masters and I was actually supposed to say Tamisha Iman (laughs) because... As we all know, Tamisha Iman has been very vocal about trying to call Rue out, waiting for her contract to end so she can unleash, unleash the fury about what's happening. And I accidentally said Jasmine Masters, and I think it's because I just watched something on Jasmine Masters, and I think that was still fresh in my mind. So my apologies, I wasn't trying to say Jasmine Masters. I was trying to say Tamisha Iman. And I do think that Rue Paul's Drag Race has probably been rigged all along. I mean, how the fuck did Candy Muse get that far in season 13 of last year? Don't you agree? Anyways, long story short. um, Another situation which is quite interesting this week is now that it's been two weeks since the debut of A DM Full of Dick Pics, which was two episodes ago. I mentioned on this episode that there was some, you know, materials that I was pulling reference to saying that a C-shave, say, excuse me, a C-shaped dick cannot curve to the left, but only to the right, which I found a little strange. 
Like, how the actual fuck can a dick not curve to the left? So I have to say, it's been so funny. I have gotten more dicks in my DM <laughs> than I ever have before, showing me there most certainly is a left, hang to the left situation in regards to a C-shaped dick. But what is actually funny now that I kind of laid that to rest and addressed that in last week's episode, now everybody is going on about my dick and wanting to see my dick. And it's so funny because I actually admitted that I feel that my dick is the straight style, where the straight style is known to basically be the same thickness from the base to the head. And it just, when it gets hard, it's straight. And I was actually talking about this with my boyfriend. And he is like, no, your dick is not straight. It curves up. I'm like, okay, yes, it goes in an upwards direction, but it's most definitely a straight dick. And he was like, no, like we have this huge debate. And then we had just ended up like whipping our dicks out and comparing and contrasting. And that led to some really fun things that we ended up doing after the fact. But, you know, there's this ongoing debate about what you may or may not think your dick is in regards to what style, but I most certainly have a straight-shaped dick. It definitely erect points upwards, but does not curve like a banana. And I know my boyfriend won't listen to this, but I'm calling it out as I see it. <laughs> So before you run ever so dramatically across that soccer field because your little boy just scored a goal but also fell and began to cry and everybody on the sidelines is looking at you like you're a crazy person, first, let's hop into this week's Hot Gay Goss Expose. Welcome to this week's Hot Gay Goss Expose, where we try and find topics of conversation that one might find relevant and or pertinent to today's gay society, or just shit that I want to talk about because it's my show. And this week, whew, this conservator Britney Spears testimonial bullshit thing is just so fucking crazy. I don't know if you are watching any of this shit go down on, you know, social media, out in social media land, but this shit is starting to get fucking real. After Britney's testimony, the company that, like, the financial institution that's supposed to be partnered with her dad in regards to owning 50% of her conservatorship or whatever, um, Bessemer Trust, they basically requested to pull out after Britney's testimony stating that they don't want to be associated with any sort of situation that might implicate that Britney is being mistreated. And I think this is kind of a big move on behalf of this specific company. However, I don't know what this really means. Does this mean like they just find another financial institution? Or does it mean that Jamie Spears keeps like... 100% again. We'll just have to see how all this dramatic shit plays out. It's just so crazy. So Britney's testimony has stirred up a lot of shit and celebrities are coming out about it. It's just so fucking intense. And I just hope that this girl basically gets to a place where she can just live her life freely for fuck's sake. Why are we holding on to all this fucking bullshit? Moving on. <laughs> so it's so interesting to try and get news for this specific segment. And when you sit there and you find that big news out in like the realm of the news world is actually the fact that Jonathan Taylor Thomas is spotted walking his dogs for the first time since 2005. I'm like, what the fuck? How is this actually headline news? It's so funny, though, because I was so into Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I had a major crush on him way back in the day when he was on that show Home Improvement. And 
I know all the other girls were equally just as into him as I was. But he was a huge thing. That motherfucker blew the actual fuck up. But I guess he's decided to take acting off his plate. And he's pretty much been in hiding. And this article basically stated that he just doesn't come out, doesn't go out. And I have to say, he looks so different older. And he's put on some weight. But he definitely looks kind of the same, which is so funny because he just looks like a taller and bigger dog owner (laughs) with a mask around his chin, a vaping pen in his mouth, and a couple of wrinkles over his forehead. And that's pretty much the gist of it. So ladies and gentlemen, that's headline news in today's society. Believe it or not, I kind of still have a crush on him, truth be told. Just saying. But and also, and also in other news, ugh, this this is so fucking stupid. Why is Ariana Grande cutting her hair short? Like a headline story as well. Like so, basically, this huge article posted because I guess we all know Ariana Grande is known for having her fucking signature ponytail, and I guess the moment that she cuts it off, the entire world goes into complete sheer chaos and they just don't understand and it just becomes a dominant topic of conversation that basically has made it all the way even onto this very show uh ladies and gentlemen i have to say she can fucking put in extensions i hate to break it to you but there are such a thing as extensions and i'm pretty confident that 98.9 percent of the time that you've seen Ariana Grande in a ponytail. It's not her real hair. So calm the actual fuck down for fuck's sake. (laughs) And now it's time for this week's RuPaul recap for All Stars season six. And I just don't know what Ru has planned for this season, but I have a feeling it's going to be something really good that we haven't seen before. And spoiler alert, Jiggly Caliente was eliminated last week. And Silky Nutmeg Ganache was eliminated this week. And basically, they both had their little moments where Rue said, it's like whatever he he said, like, it's not done yet. It's a game within a game. He's being super cryptic. We don't really know what's happening, but I have this weird feeling that it's going to be good. And I have to say... My ginger minge stepped it up this week, and even though she was in the bottom group, she's actually probably going to be one of the top this season. I have this really weird inkling. And, you know, honestly, this season, it's just kind of all over the place at this point, and Trinity K. Bonet did really kind of fucking step up her game. She's not the same queen that I remember who basically fumbled over everything in season six of her original season. So, I mean, I don't think she's going to win, but to be honest, it was a good episode, and I I just don't have any fucking idea how any of this shit's going to play itself out. And to be honest with you, Rue teasing that potentially these queens are coming back, like... I just don't know what's going to happen. So therefore, I can't do my original top three prediction. Listen, if there's one thing that we've learned from all of these past RuPaul all-star seasons, it's that the people that you often think will go far are the ones that actually kind of disappoint you. And to be honest with you, seeing Jiggly Caliente and Silky Nutmeg Ganache go home first is kind of, I mean, I place those two in the top. So I really just don't know where this season is going. We're just going to have to see, once again, how it all plays out. And I have a weird feeling that this is going to be a good season. But I'm really having kind of a hard time, to be honest with you, getting into it. I mean, I love Ginger, but I'm like, I mean, this is pretty much, it could be anyone's game at this point. Just saying. So we'll have to see. What's in store for season six of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars?
So before we get my gay expose on this week's topic of conversation that just so happens to have a very strong pick up all the toys on the living room floor before your hookup comes over undertone. Normally what we do is we get your gay expose where I ask a few of my friends as well as you, the listeners, a question each and every week. But I found it pertinent this week to take a little different spin based on the topic of conversation that we're referencing this week. And I decided to recap my favorite moments of my son's big firsts while being a dad and watching him grow. So let's get all of those key moments that stand out in my mind now. I have to say, like being in the hospital when my son's mom was delivering and, you know, when your significant other at the time is pregnant and people know and they like have conversations with you, they're like, oh, you're just this and oh, and just that. But it's like, I don't really feel like in my mind I had, I mean, I knew it was coming. I knew we were having a baby, but like nothing like comes full circle until you're in that exact moment when you're down there, like watching this little life emerge for the very first time. I remember the doctor asked me if I wanted to cut the umbilical cord and my son's mom, just knowing me and who I am, she's like, please cut the umbilical cord. He would deliver the baby if you let him. (laughs) And that's exactly how excited I was to meet this new little life for the very first time. And I remember seeing his head first pop out and like he had all this fucking hair, which is so interesting. I just remember seeing his hair like kind of flowing back and forth within all the amniotic fluids and seeing his little face pop out for the very first time and just having that fucking moment where you see this little life for the first time and know that he is all yours and that moment where everyone talks about like you never know what it's like until you see for the very first time and and then everything just like you kind of roll your eyes whenever you hear that shit but it's true in that moment that is hands down probably one moment I will never forget as long as I live meeting my little boy for the first time one of my most proudest moments about being a dad and one of the things that I brag on a regular basis about what my son did considering he's my first and most likely only born child was the fact that his actual first word was wait for it dad that's right folks my son's first word was dad And I can't even express to you the little flutter in my heart that happened when I first heard that word. It's like crazy. So crazy. I, I, so crazy. So one of the interesting things about the dynamic of me raising my son with my son's mom was the fact that when I first met her, she already had two kids. So for A good portion of her, well, most of her 20s, she basically raised these two kids while her ex-husband worked full-time. And so when I, you know, they were divorcing and I met her and she already had two kids and then we had a oopsie-daisy moment where she got pregnant with my son. Basically, it was this whole notion of that she's already been through this whole process twice before. So when we first showed up to my son's kindergarten soccer games and I was so proud because my son was participating in a sport for the very first time and they actually were really bad because let's just be honest they were all in kindergarten (laughs) my son actually came in for a goal and it was the first time he had kind of pulled away from the pack and it was like we were screaming we were excited we were yelling and everything was oh it was everything 
He scored, everybody cheered, and then my son went down and he began to scream on the top of his lungs. And I, in that moment, just ran full speed across the field to make sure that everything was okay. Like I didn't know what was happening, like broken arm. I like, I just didn't know. Kind of turns out he got stung by a bee. But the funny part was after my son's mom was just literally like rolling her eyes. Like this bitch has been through this like twice before. So it was like he went down and he started crying and she just knew that it was a normal thing. But for me, it was my first time. It was like my baby. So I had to dramatically run across the soccer field. <laughs> and it was a fucking bee sting. I'll never forget that first time that my son made me a Father's Day card. It was so fucking adorable. And to be honest with you, one of my most cherished possessions to this day, I still have it. It's in a cute little box along with all the things that mean the most to me about my little boy. So it's super cute. One of the things that I decided to do early on when my son first started going to school was I started saving all of his like anything that he brought home from school in regards to like projects, art, like even just little like sentence structuring things like all the way through from kindergarten. Like, God, I want to I want to say that I finished like an elementary school ish, but this box is just packed full. And it was kind of funny because the other day I was trying to get rid of a lot of the things in my home. And I, op I like kind of pulled the box out of my closet for like the very first time, went through everything. And I literally, oh God, I can't believe I'm even doing this fucking episode. I was basically next to tears sitting here while my son is 14 years old and looking at all the cute little kindergarten projects and Oh, it was just, you just don't understand any of this shit unless you're a parent. And that's it. One of the things that was kind of interesting about raising my son at a very young age was that my very, very first boyfriend that I ended up moving in with, shit, my son was like just barely talking at the time. And I remember going to like a little family shindig and my son's mom showed up for it and we were kind of like catching up or whatever. And she was like, yeah, um, he, the other day came up to me, he was like, hey mom, look what I can do. Like in his little like broken English because he's like so young that he could barely speak. And he just started winking. And that little boy started winking from that day moving forward. It was so fucking adorable. And I can't even tell you, this was like kind of the preface of his personality. And I have to tell you guys, this little boy is just the exact same huge personality that I am. And you guys better watch out because this little fucker is going to be a goddamn force to be reckoned with. Mark my words. And it was the cutest little thing to see him pucker up his lips and wink his eyes at like the age of like three. <laughs> but anyway, the whole point about my first boyfriend was it was him who actually taught my son how to wink. And so like my son's mom asked him like, where did you learn how to do that? And he's like, Scott showed me. And it's just the cutest little fucking thing in this world. I remember when I first came out of the closet, my son was probably like, oof, I don't even know how old he was. He was super fucking young. I have photos reminiscing of the moment, but I aligned myself with a few friends that were kind of in the military at the time when I was living in Sacramento. And, you know, they introduced me to all these other friends and we had this huge little cute gay group karaoke night at one of the guy's houses. I will never forget, on point to the last segment that you just heard in regards to my son's personality, this little boy at a very fucking young age watched all of us do a karaoke moment and insisted on grabbing that microphone 
and singing his lungs out. And he didn't even know the words. He didn't care. He just knew he was a star. And I will never forget watching that moment with that microphone and watching him just put on that show. Oh, this is going to be, <laughs> my son is going to be the biggest personality of all time. Just, that's it. Like, I, I'm, I'm in for it. I, I don't even know what to do with it. One of my most favorite moments of all time was actually showing up to the fifth grade play where my son was actually cast as one of the leads in the show. It was like kind of a song and dance thing. And I mean, obviously like it wasn't like a huge production or anything because the, all the kids were super young, but my son had a, like a huge solo piece in it. And I will never forget in that moment how proud I became watching my son just fucking shine. He just, oh, glowed and shined. And he was the brightest of, I just, he was a star. Like, there's no doubt about it. This little boy, you guys have no idea what you're in for. I'm just saying. My son's mom and I, over the course of the last, fuck, I don't even know, six, seven years, have basically had to show up every year for some sort of like meeting with the principal and the teacher and faculty staff and things of that nature because apparently my son has what they think is ADD or ADHD or whatever. And here, I'm going to be honest with you. These teachers, they just hand this prescription shit out like they just think it's like a thing listen my son is just bored with school I hated school I hated school I just wanted to be creative I wanted to do art I wanted to sing I just wanted to be everything aside from academics and my son is just like me and it's so crazy to see him grow and be just exactly like me, which to be honest with you kind of terrifies the actual fuck out of me. But also having every single teacher every single year over the course of the last like six, seven plus years telling us that we need to put him on medication because they think that he has ADD or ADHD and both of us second guessing it, not believing them, not doing it and just being angry that each teacher thinks the same way and then watching my son walk into the seventh grade and get the fucking honor roll. It's almost as if I just wanted to go back to his elementary school, get on the stage in front of all of those teachers and drop the motherfucking mic. And that's it. Such a proud daddy. I remember one time, I, I think he was probably like seven or eight and he was like taking a shower because he was in this whole phase where it wasn't bath time anymore. It was now time to take showers because he was just too big for a bath. However, it was so interesting because like I, you know, had the bathroom door open. He was in the shower doing his thing. I had pretty adequately taught him how to like clean himself. So it was like, one of those things where I was trying to let him do it on his own. And I think I was like preoccupied with like picking up the room before bed or something to that effect. And I kind of happened to walk by the restroom and I heard him singing. Now, this boy was so young, like I said, seven or eight. And he was singing, I think it was Katy Perry's Roar. And that boy was carrying a fucking tune. I was so proud. I stopped and I listened and just listened to him just sing his guts out. And I was like, holy fucking shit. This little boy is just like me. He's so much like me. It's so crazy. And I am, to be honest with you, kind of terrified about that fact, but kind of proud at the same time. Yes, that's right, folks. I'm a singer and my little boy got an ear for singing, just like me. And I can't wait to see how that develops, if it does. And if it doesn't, whatever. But 
I mean, I will never forget that moment where I just heard him hit all those fucking high notes without even a struggle. And that's fucking talent at seven. Let's just say. And then when my son hit puberty and he started asking all of the questions about the birds and the bees. And I have to tell you, having that conversation with your son when he's young, still super innocent, doesn't really know, and you're like the biggest fucking gay slut of all time. It's kind of a strange dynamic. And truth be told, I did my very best, and I think he kind of caught wind of a lot of the information beforehand because as you may or may not know, kids are learning all kinds of shit early these days. But also, the funny thing is like a couple of days after we had that conversation, he was like, Dad, I know how you have sex. And it was a joke and we laughed and it was funny. But here's the thing. I know that my son knows 100% about who I am and what I do and I'm gay and all of it. And he doesn't give a fuck. And at the end of the day, my son accepting me for being a gay dad and he just accepting that that's just a fucking normal thing is one of the biggest rewards that I could ever take away from this life. And then there was my son's eighth grade graduation, which to be honest with you was really hard for me because kind of coming to terms with the fact that not only is my son getting old, but also that makes me look really old. Try telling people that you have a 14-year-old son when you actually look like you're in your 30s when you're actually 40. And then tell me how you feel about that because that's what I'm definitely going through right now. But I will never forget sitting in that chair next to his mom and we cheered when his name was called and seeing my little man all dressed up in a suit and tie was just, oh God, it's just one of those moments you just can't change for the world. And I'm so beyond fucking excited to see more. We went back to my best girlfriend's house who had a pool in her backyard and we went swimming together and had an absolute blast. And that visit to Sacramento, going to my kid's graduation and just being with him and seeing his little mind develop and being a little man, it's just so fucking crazy. I can't even deal with it. Ugh, where does the fucking time go? You know how your parents always say that shit and you're like, roll your eyes and get annoyed? Well, now I fucking understand it. Watching my little boy grow up so fast. Seeing him from being a little baby, a little infant, so helpless. Having to wipe his ass and change his diapers all the way to him basically having a shoe and a half size bigger than me and his legs are hairier than mine. And what the actual fuck happened and where did this time go? But being a dad is God honest, the most important thing in my life. And I know I don't talk a lot about this shit on my show for a very important reason because the entire dynamic of this show is basically all things gay related and sometimes being a dad doesn't always fit into that subject matter. But I'm here to tell you that out of anything that I've ever had, done, held, or think about in this world, that little boy will always be everything and my absolute 1000% number one more than anything else in this world. And with that, let's hop into this week's My Gay Expose segment. One of the things that I have been known for in this world is to be a little loud-mouthed, uh, a little opinionated, and a little bit too direct in certain situations. And to be honest with you, I, I mean, I found myself in so many situations and created uncomfortable situations because I just don't care when it comes to being blunt direct and if I have something to say I'm gonna fucking say it because it needs to be said and on that note 
because I am so blunt and direct, I'm perfectly comfortable with admitting or even telling the entire world that I'm probably one of the biggest sluts that I know. And honestly, realistically, the more gay friends that I make and the more gay friends that I surround myself with, I'm learning and finding out that many of them are just as much of a slut as I am. They're just not as open and honest about it with other people like I am or even have a podcast and talk about it each and every week on a show. But <laughs> that being said, another thing that I'm actually kind of not really caring about admitting is the fact that I've actually had so many sexual partners that when my boyfriend actually asked me if I could tell him how many sexual partners I had, I didn't have an answer for him. 500? Maybe. More than that? Probably. Over a thousand? Ooh, it could be. I just don't really know. But that being said, there is that side of me, that very blunt, direct, and slutty, alcohol-drenched party boy that basically is the mere stereotype of a gay individual itself. But there's also a side of me that you may not know about. But if you've been listening along to this show, you might actually know what I might be talking about. And that is the art of actually being a multitasker in one's life. If you don't know or somehow live under a rock, I just so happen to be a daddy. And I'm not talking about a sugar daddy because I definitely don't feel I've met into that realm just yet. I, Even though I am getting a little older, I'm not quite a twink, but not yet a daddy. So don't you call me daddy. And <laughs> those two were just quotes from past episodes if you're listening along. Okay, never mind. So that being said, sorry, I'm just feeling a little clever this morning. <laughs> I am a dad of a little boy. A little boy, by the way, who just so happens to not be so little anymore. That's right, folks. My son is in this moment 14 years old. And even as I say those words out of my mouth, I still can't believe that that's actually real. I just celebrated my son's eighth grade graduation and hung out with him afterwards and just kind of began to talk to a 14-year-old in such a different way. And I have to say, taking a little boy when he can't even stand up for himself or even roll over, crawl, or any of that, and holding him as an infant, and then just watching him fucking shoot up and grow right before your very eyes is the most rewarding, but also the most horrifying thing that a gay dad can experience in their life. I mean, ugh. My son actually has 10 and a half size shoes. I wear a nine and a half. And at 14, he's already there. He's not quite taller than me just yet, but he basically is almost there. And oh, look, he just literally right in this moment, he just texted me and I'm willing to bet that it's because today is Father's Day. So let me just check that out right now. This is what my son just said to me. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Oh, I, listen, I can't believe that actually happened just now. That's so crazy and perfectly fits what we're actually going to be talking about today. Because if there's one thing that I value more in this world, more than hooking up with a guy on Grinder, more than going out to the bars and partying with friends, more than being a social butterfly, more than anything else in this fucking world. It's being a dad to that little son. And just the simplest things as getting that text right now from my son telling me Happy Father's Day is the most fucking, I can't even put into words feeling in this world. And I love that little boy more than life itself. And to be honest with you, I would do absolutely anything for this boy. But here's the thing. 
So now that my son's 14 and kind of coming into his own as a little post-puberty child, that's right, folks, my son has officially hit the puberty. And I have to say, watching his hormones and him shift into what he is now has most certainly been interesting. However, my son has recently caught wind of all of my work. So <laughs> let's go into that now. One of the things that I promised myself when I basically knew that I was going to be a dad, knew it was time to come out of the closet and just live my life and discover my own gayness at the same time. That's right, folks. I came out shortly after my son's first birthday. So along this entire discovery of my life as a gay man and this gay journey, my son has been right there the whole time. But I've prided myself on keeping everything separate. And I do believe that kids should be left to be made innocent to all of the horrors and things that might be viewed as inappropriate that I've experienced and talk about on this show on a regular basis. And to be honest with you, one of the things that I think that I've been criticized the most about as I've kind of tiptoed my way ever so slightly into the public eye is that people just don't know me well enough to know that I am capable of being a dad. And they don't understand that because I happen to be so passionate about my work, my podcasts, my blog entries, my sex blog back in the day, my book, etc., that are all so over-the-top, inappropriate, and in-your-face in regards to all the explicit subject matter, that doesn't mean that I'm not capable of being a good dad. And people just don't understand. Do people actually fucking think that I sit at home with, like, let's just say, a six-year-old little boy and read to him before he goes to bed each night, like one of my Gay Walk of Shame blog entries where I'm basically getting pounded out by the big beefy bear named Brutus? No, absolutely not. I would never be that inappropriate. And why do people actually think that I would be that person? That's complete bullshit. But the way that I would like to say that I parented and my parenting style was purposefully that of the exact complete opposite of everything that my parents did with me growing up. My parents were very Republican, Christian, conservative, and fucking beyond strict to a place where I feel because of the way that they tried to parent us as we were young, Ultimately, that's actually what pushed all me and my other two brothers completely away and like op opposite and opposing of everything that they taught us is where we all three are sit in this moment. Not one of us has embraced the Christian faith that they tried so hard to like shove down our throats. Not one of us views in a, Republic a Republican or conservative way of thinking in our political lives as well as our everyday lives. And not one of us agrees, really, with anything that my parents, even to this day, have to say. You know, my mom is like notorious for basically throwing her viewpoints around in any way that she sees fit. Even to this very fucking day, I'm motherfucking 40 years old. And when I tell my mom that I'm going to get my first vaccine via text because she wants to know like what's new and what's going on in my life and things of that nature, basically she gives me some stupid fucking lecture on how she doesn't agree, thinks that I, you know, I'm going to get side effects and hopes that I don't, etc. It's like, does that, do you really have to like throw all that in there? Listen, you asked me what's new and what's going on in my life. And I'm telling you that I have an appointment tomorrow to go get my first fucking vaccine. So if you don't want to know, don't ask the questions. And this is basically the definition of how my mom 
views and treats me. My mom could ask me five things and I could say, gay, 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 my son, gay. And basically all she hears is my son and all the things gay are just swept under the rug. Like they just didn't exist. And this is a method that I refuse to do with my son. If my son, now that he's 14 and growing into his little self, decides that he wants to do something that I don't agree with, I'm not going to tell him my very avid opinion. Now that doesn't mean that I'm not going to try and continue to protect him from things that I feel might be potentially detrimental to him as an individual. But if he goes through phases and things that I don't want him to do or agree with, I'm going to let him figure his stuff out in the way that he wants. Now, I have a friend that I'm actually going to keep anonymous because I've mentioned this specific friend on this show many times. And let's just say that this friend has a son who recently decided that they were transgender. Now, this friend doesn't agree at all, but also at the same time wants to openly support. And we've had a couple of talks. I feel she comes to me because she knows that I'm like, obviously, my mind openly embraces things that many people may or may not understand. And I think she's kind of having a hard time with the situation in itself. However, I mean, there is a couple of things that don't match. Like, they are very, they their gender of birth was male. And they have always displayed very normal male characteristics. So when they decided to come out as transgender, they didn't quite, like, it didn't feel right. There was no feminine anything. Not one thing about them was feminine. So I think maybe my friend might be having a hard time kind of coming to terms with what's going on, mostly because she doesn't really understand what they are going through specifically, but she still is continuing to be very supportive and, you know, using proper pronouns when she references them. References them. And we've had a couple of talks where I've basically said, listen, this is who they think that they are. If it's not, then it'll come to light. But if it is, you're going to have to accept it. And that's just the way it is. And I feel that if my son came to me in the same way and basically told me that he, you know, felt that he wanted to transition or was transgender, I would openly support him or them if he decided to do so. I'm trying to be a little bit more accurate with the pronouns. <laughs> but I mean, I get we all want, what, want what's best for our kids. And I really don't think that any mom or dad ever foresees something like this occurring or even wants it. And to be quite honest, I feel as a society, we've evolved from that space where your son or daughter comes to you and tells you that they're gay or lesbian and you think it's the end of the world. But now there's this whole other realm. Now that we're moving forward and evolving as a society that kids are coming to their parents and saying that they're transgender. And I think parents are really really having a hard time with that. So it kind of begs the question, like when I went to my mom and basically had the conversation about me being gay, that seems so minor and minuscule now in regards to all the different things that all the kids that are now, well, not even kids, everyone who's coming out as transgender to their families. I mean, I think we just all need to be a little bit more open-minded and supportive. And really, at the end of the day, this is the lesson that I'm trying to teach my son. No matter what he does, no matter who he becomes, no matter who he loves, no matter what happens, I will always, always, always be on board 100% for anything that my son decides to be, become, or whatever. 
And that is the lesson that I have instilled in him. And I hope so, so bad that my son will it one day, because he's too young to even acknowledge any shit like this now, fully understand that daddy was always on board. Daddy was always there. And no matter what he did or went through, daddy always, always 1000% supported. And that is what being a parent to me is really all about. So for all the haters out there who constantly and continuously question my ability to raise a son, be a father, and like also be a slut and go to the gay bathhouse orgy at the same time. Listen, first of all, fuck you. And second of all, you don't know my life. That's the one part of my life that doesn't get blown out to the world on this show. I have been the most, at least I'd like to think, nurturing, caring father more than any other dad out there. That's what I'd like to think because there's a little part of me that wants to try that much more because of how I felt as a little boy growing up under my parents. So my encouragement to you is if you find yourself out there in this world, if you're a parent and you have a child that's going through something that you think might be a phase I encourage you to just openly embrace any decision, regardless of whether you like it or whether you don't, because you never know how your acceptance of them will end up affecting them moving forward. And that is the one thing in this world that is the most important to me about raising my child is that he understands that when he has kids one day, if he does, that he needs to do the exact same way that I did to him when he raises his kids. Listen, I started cussing and cursing in front of my son at a very young age. And I basically just told him, I'm not going to censor myself for you, but you better not say that until you're old enough to basically say those words. And if you say those words to anyone outside of this room or outside of us, then you will be in big trouble. Regardless of what I say, you're still going to be in big trouble. And he fully understood that. And when I went to my son's eighth grade graduation a few weeks back and we went swimming at my girlfriend's house in Sacramento and we kind of got out and started having some real world, world talk shit with one another and I realized that my son's mind is just growing and maturing and it's so crazy. The one thing that he did in front of me and I didn't even bat an eye was curse. And I am 1000% okay with my 14-year-old son saying the word fuck. And that's it. And I don't care, judge all you want, but I know that I am the one of the best dads in this world and I can't wait to see my son grow and flourish and become an amazing individual that he even still in this moment has already become. So what do we learn today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, tops or bottoms, transgender and questioning? Well, I'd like to think that we learned a whole hell of a lot. We basically learned that no matter what hat I wear in my life, no matter how many projects I get, no matter how many jobs I take on, being a dad will always be my number one job in this world and watching that little boy grow and become the little individual that he will one day become will be something I will always be doing with awe on the sidelines with my cheerleading pom-poms supporting him every step of the way and I know this episode was just a little different in the direction it took and I know you're probably asking yourself how can somebody who's such a, such a slut so outspoken, has been kind of insensitive to certain aspects of life, be such a caring dad. Well, I'm multifaceted and multi-talented in so many different ways you would never know. So stay tuned for more. Because if you just learned this about me just now, then you're probably bound to learn a hell of a lot more. And with that, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. 
follow on Spotify, and turn on those notifications so that you can catch each and every episode right when it drops from My Gay Expose podcast. And don't forget to follow on Instagram at Exposing My Gay for all the fun information that you need in regards to your gay expose segments and any information moving forward. Don't forget to check out my website as well, RonnieWashburn.com. That's right, folks. I have a website. It's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. And there you'll find my blog, A Gay in the Life of Ronnie, as well as all of my work. And don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious, and relatable episode with me, Ronnie Washburn, exposing my gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn, and by the way, I will see you at the PTA meeting next time.